Hello and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Uh, we're just missing one guy, who Ryan, who should be joining us very, very soon. But today, we've got a very familiar face in Melvin. How are you, Melvin? All right, thanks. Good evening, everyone. And we've got a new uh, guest on today, which is Sam from The Daily Gooner. How are you, Sam? Yeah, bad night, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very, very good indeed. And it's great to have you on board um get some new opinions on all things arsenal but today um as it's uh obviously the first day after the transfer window is slammed shut uh we can have a, a proper look at what we did throughout the window ins and outs and see where we are uh with regards to that and how we feel how we feel about it have we significantly strengthened the side enough um are you happy that uh, uh the age group of players that we've been bringing in are you happy with what Edu's done in trying to get out uh, the players from the club? I'm going to go to you first, Sam, on this, really, because obviously it's your first time on the show. <laughs> so give us your overall thoughts. And we're going to build up later on in the show, really, to perhaps have a rating. Give us give us a rating like you were at school from A to F uh, with regards to how you think the transfer window's gone overall. But what's your overall thoughts uh, initially? Um. You know, initially I, th- I thought the age range of what we were targeting was very, very good. We've covered the majority of the holes that we needed, needed to do, but I just felt that there was more that could have been done in this window, yeah. and I'm very happy with Ben White because he gives us a, a very dynamic player at centre back. Because if you think about where we've been defending previously, um, with either Holding or or Mari there, you don't have anybody that's able to step out that back line. And if he's not able to see a pass that's on, he can step out. And if he can't step out, he'll he'll be able to pick a pass. He's got that brilliant ball playing ability. So it, that would give us a lot at at centre back and. Mm. For me, he's he's probably one of the key ones that come in this summer. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really happy with his signing as well. I've seen a lot of negativity surrounding it. Obviously, the price has been away on his shoulders. Same as it has with Pepe, who's had to officially change his name via Depot to £72 million, Nicolas Pepe. Um, he's going to have a similar uh, affliction, I think. Uh, poor Ben White. But I'm really happy with his signing. I think he's going to be... Um, one of these ones where maybe in three, four seasons' time even, I'm going to look back and think, oh, what a great bit of business that was. Because um, he could be our centre-half for the next 10 years. Let's face it, it's, uh, he's a young guy. And uh, Melvin, what about you? Initial thoughts? Initial thoughts, first of all, Ben White. Um, it, it could be a very good signing. There's a few buts in it. If we've signed Ben White at the expense of getting a centre earth a defensive midfielder, I think it would have, it's the wrong move for the club. We knew where the holes were and we haven't plugged them. We've got the right back in now, which is I'm very, very happy about. But it, I mean we've still got the same situation we've had for the last three or four years, perhaps even longer. We need someone to stand in front of that back four and give them a certain amount of protection. It also allows the rest of the team to play football. Mm. And don't do that. I mean, there has been people around the last few years that we could have got to play that position. And I don't like talking about it, but I will. But they brought that guy from Southampton's first. 
who's done an amazing job from last season. Mm. From Southampton. And evidently we had a I was on Richards and we were talking to a Southampton supporter and he was saying that he was destined for Arsenal. He was and he would have been perfect for Arsenal and he might have improved right. It's a bit of a shame that. Uh, I'm glad yes, it's glad to have youngsters in. But the problem I've got is that the experienced ones aren't good enough to have the inexperienced ones around them. The experience, mm. you know, you want your youngsters to learn off the good experience pros. We ain't got enough of them in the team, actually. And to, to, to kick it off on a bearish note, I don't want the experience of the uh, youngsters who have, who've got a lot of promise. The ones we've bought and the ones we've had in the team the last year or so be brought down to their level. I would be much happier to buy all these youngsters if we had three or four solid leaders in the team to, to show them the way and make them totally rounded. And I don't think we've got that moment. Yeah. And we're just, uh, as if by magic, like Mr. Ben, we've got Ryan. <laughs> How are you, Ryan? Yeah, I've been better, but it is what it is. Preparing yeah, myself. Preparing for, preparing for Sunday, so fun. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Well, just going back to what you just said, Melvin, as well, um, regards to, I don't think Ben White, um, the signing of Ben White affected uh, the midfield signing. I personally think that uh, the reason we didn't get an extra body and more experienced guy in at centre midfield is because we couldn't sell Granite Xhaka for what the club thought he was worth. And whether we agree with anything like that's concerned, it's irrelevant. Because obviously, at the end of the day, it's a club's decision. And I think if we'd have got a decent figure for Granite Xhaka, then we would have replaced him, personally. I don't know what you think about that, Sam. Yeah, um, it's, it's a bit of a weird one, really, considering that what Roma are offering, to be honest, is a bit of an insult. Mm. And for me, if they would have raised it to probably 20 million euros... I would have taken it at that point, especially after yeah. the back off off of the Euros also. Um but I think with the addition of Sammy Lukonga, I think that he, he's probably gonna take over from Shaco within the next three to four months. Six months tops. So hopefully the days of Granite Shaka being in that centre midfield will be um dwindling. But mm. we've 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 really got a base at the moment a young base i think and with Partey, i think he's the key to to our midfield and keeping him keeping him injury free really yeah it, it annoys me a bit actually when people say he's he's injury prone i mean what could he what the hell could he have done with that uh, tackle that he got given got against chelsea i mean how's that injury prone it I means it's ridiculous to be honest mm. but uh, well, there you go uh, ryan we're just sort of <laughs> yes. um do you have any initial thoughts to start off with? Just just your headline, if you like, about the transfer window overall. And eventually throughout the show, we'll come to some kind of old school report from A to F on what you think you'll give the, the overall transfer window for Arsenal. But what's your sort of headline to start off with? Uh, predictable. What I expected. Didn't believe the conquer. When Josh Cronkey did the PR stuff of football fan forums and all that, after the fallout back in April, you know, the European Super League, but, and he was going, we're going to go big this and we know what we need to do. We need, we know we need to get rid of, who we need to bring in. 
It's all been planned for months. We are ready. We're going to splash the cash. I knew. I knew. It was like a, I bought. I told everyone, don't buy into it, and everyone did. Well, majority did. And here we are. The transfer window is closed, and I'm underwhelmed. I'm completely underwhelmed by the window. We haven't really. The money we spent, we haven't. We haven't addressed the first eleven. Really, the other guys come back. Obviously, we know what he's capable of. Sort of. Ben White. Apart from that, all the others are squad players. We have. I think I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, I'm, I'm really not surprised. I think that when he said we splashed the cash, I think I have splashed the cash. It's how we spent it. That's the problem. That's not. That's not the Cronkers for necessarily. Unless you get the right people in, I agree. But on this one instance, we've misspent, in my opinion, a lot of money to some mm. degree, and that is and not well. Really, Cronkers' fault this time round. It's their fault in the sense that because obviously, as you said, they hire the people in the first place, and then and people yeah. go, "Well, this is Eddie's first win, first on the window," but he's been here long enough now. They they would have got warning signs <laughs> as well. And the, again, what we've, we've said on my channel, Melbourne as well, Eddie is a rookie. I tell was a rookie, and yet they they basically are the, the running the show in terms of incomings and outgoings. I mean, we talked. You, you mentioned Jacques there. Twice since Arteta's arrived, we could have got rid of him. 40 mil back when he for Berlin, when he, literally when he arrived. Last minute, he backtracked on that. And how has he been rewarded since then? And yet, this summer, he has literally joined the US and then after twerking for Roma and Mourinho. And what do we go and do? We pull out the deal and go, here's a nice, a nice new contract with a little pay bonus. And just to, every now and then, we'll give the armband as well, just to piss the fans off. You know what I'm quite surprised about, though? I can't believe that Mourinho wanted Jacker. They bid 12 million and they were prepared yeah. to walk away and not give any more. If, if just, Mourinho wants a player, he's not shy in saying, I want this player, get him for me. But maybe, so maybe, that's, what he, maybe that's how he values uh, Jacker because he's obviously seen him first hand in the Premier League. He, he said, you know, well, he can't want it that badly. He won't bid 12 million. Yeah, that was euros as well, wasn't it? I think. I think yeah. I'm right in yeah. saying that was 12 million euros. Yeah, I mean that is an insult, like you said, Sam. I mean, regardless of what anyone thinks in the Arsenal fan base about Granite Xhaka, it's an insult for the captain of his country at the age of 28, on the back of some really good form. To be fair to him, last yeah. season for Arsenal and the Euros, that is an insult. Mm. And I don't blame us for turning that down. I really don't. But what I, what I do find really odd is the contract situation. Why yeah. did we need to do that? That is odd. What? I mean, it's not protecting his value because as as the market has shown, shown this summer that there is no value at the moment yeah. because no one no one else even bidded. So that yeah. is a bit of an odd one. I really do. Un I don't understand that. But going back to what I said earlier, I genuinely think that that is the reason we didn't get another um, mm. midfielder like Pesuma, for example, or Neves, uh, any either of them, whatever. Um, Bruno Guimaraes, you name the name. Uh, the reason we didn't get that person is because we didn't sell Xhaka. Just you say, if you're a football club and you're doing the business with a football club and you've had a, what you think is a crap bid from a footballer that had a very good European Championship and a reasonable, I'd say, last season. I don't think he was that good. I thought it was reasonable, right? And you have, no one else has come near you you might be thinking, well, perhaps 12 million is the right price if we want to get rid of him. 
It's not as if we were in, we, we turned down 12 and everyone that's been in 11 for in all this business. There was evidently no one else interested. So mm. therefore, we weren't in a very strong position. And I think that to, to only keep a player because you didn't get enough money for him is not the reason to keep a player. You want to keep a player if he's better for your team. And if you're not going to take 12 million and you're going to put him in your team, that, in a lot of people, in my mind, is detrimental to the team. It's bad planning. It's not the way to do business. You are, you must have, an, in your mind, the manager must have an idea of who he wants to keep and who he wants to sell. Does two or three million make a difference between buying and selling Jacker? Well, does it? When no one else is involved, you should have got rid and start again. It hasn't worked down midfield for four or five years with Jacker. Let's try something different, shall we? And if you can't get in, don't pay 30 on Odegaard. Get a defensive midfielder for 40 million then. 30 million for Odegaard and Jacker's money. Get 40 million, you might have got, I don't know what the, the uh, market price is for Tasuma, someone like Tasuma. There must be someone out there that could do a job for us. If, not if we'd have paid 50 million for Ben White, we would have to pay in excess of 50 million for Basuma. There's no question. I personally think. Um, mm. I mean, uh, Sam, Edu's under real pressure. Um, there's no smoke without fire, and there's a lot of rumours of going out and about Edu. I think that um, he's done okay with regards to the incomings. Um, personally, I think he's he's got what what Arteta wanted, especially with Erdegaard, White, Ramsdale, um, all the rest. But I think that he's under real pressure because of the outgoings, personally. He's, I think he's really definitely failed with the outgoings. He's sold one player. Everyone else is either paid off or just let go on loan. And that mm. loan, all the loans, are down to Ben Napper. Um, yeah. So what has he actually done with regards to getting people out of the club? And I think that is where it's all coming from. Do you know what? Not, not a great deal, to be honest, because if you think about the transfer fees that Arsenal have actually recuperated over the last couple of years, it's £45 million. Mm. And that's what Emi Martinez and Joe Willock, they're yeah. the only two that that he's um, received Dreadful. fees for. And frankly, it's, it's shocking. And if you go all the way back to where Nedu's about, you're looking about, what, 10, 10 players out? Yeah. Contracts yeah. run down, bought them out. It's it's not good enough. He's essentially fumbled over the last couple of of transfer windows, and can, for us, it's it's can not. I just say one thing. Just a, I'm really sorry to interrupt, no, but he didn't even sell Joe Willock. Joe Willock no. sold Joe Willock mm. because of that <laughs> because of his performances on that loan. He didn't have to do anything. No. So sorry. Yeah, carry on. And we we had James Benj on our transfer dead deadline day show yesterday. And what James pointed out, which was quite interesting, is that Arsenal didn't really go about offering players out during the window. And you'd think if that's that's a key part of Edu's job mm. role in, in this window. So if we're not really offering players out and just waiting for people to come in and make derivatory bids for them, our, our hands are tied before we even get started, to be perfectly honest. And... That alone, for me, is is a sackable offence. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Melvin, you had your hand up. Yeah, I just, I just think I totally agree with you, Sam. But also, let's not forget, Arteta had the chance of selling 
players at the beginning of last season for decent money. The Bellerins of this world, right? The uh, Maitland Niles of this world. He might, have, he might have had a bit of foresight, of, of foresight sorry, of, sort of Lacazette. Um, might have got something for holding. I'm saying not great, but money that he might have raised 100 million with about five yeah. or six players. And yeah. he never did. So now they're a year older, and now clubs have had a look and gone with another year of watching this, these players who aren't good enough, be no not good enough. It, it might be a bit difficult to sell them. But if you're telling me, Sam, that we never even offered them, I agree, that's sackable by itself. Mm, it's dreadful, I know. And I have to attribute that last quote I'd said about Willock selling himself to the Arse blog who, who did a, sort of a, a show today for patrons. And uh, it's just so true. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have to do any work for that one, let's face it. Mm. Newcastle was so impressed with him after that performance that he put in back end of last season that they had to have him back. So, it's a dreadful performance by Edu, as far as that's concerned. I think, like I said, he's done well with the incomings because I'm sure that Arteta had a big, strong say. I think that the club want to go down this route strategically with regards to young players, but I think Arteta had a lot of say in who he wanted to bring in mm. these the young players who did well there. But the outgoings, it's just simply not good enough. It's absolutely dreadful. I mean, Ryan... It, <sighs> I don't even know what to say really about this this the whole situation about getting rid of players. I just it's staggering as well what Sam just said. Not even like trying to sell players. I mean, the, yeah. the, some of the players have got out on loan. I'm pleased for Reese Nelson. We got him signed up for an extra year just to save ourselves in sure, case he yeah. has a storming season at Feyenoord, which is good. I'm quite pleased with that, and I hope he really does well because I like the kid. I really do. He's got a lot mm. of talent. Um. But surely, 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 the club have got to see that this is just not working as far as Edu is concerned. Well, they've got, they've got to. I mean, as you said, apart from Joe Willock, when Arson, we bought him last year from one million. We can't even sell the guy. We've got to loan him to someone, a team in Belgium I've never even heard of. Hector Bellerin, early in the window, we had an offer from Inter Milan of um, the initial loan spell with an option to buy for 25 to 30 mil. We turned that down, and then yesterday we sent him to we send him to Real Betisoy on loan with no option or obligation to buy. It's it's, it's completely the bizarre the whole workings of this club. And it, what about Eddie Inketia? Yeah. What about Eddie Inketia who can sign for free in four months' time to yeah. a club abroad? Yeah. And we turned well, down ten million. We refused that. We refused personal terms. That's not awesome. Yeah, I know, but we. That, yeah. yeah, but we we were offered ten million plus add-ons. If, if you've got any any ounce of intelligence, you would just scrap, okay, we'll, we'll scrap the add-ons so that you can actually put that, that extra money towards what we need, you, you need to pay Eddie in his, during his contract, for example. Mm. We can meet halfway as far as that's concerned. You do something constructive. Mm. You don't walk away from the possibility, even if it has to drop down to 7 million, mm. you don't, he, he's not going to play hardly a game between now and December. Yeah. What's that say about his, his, um, his will to play football doesn't say a lot for me, for him. Mm. Sorry, yeah, I know. He'd it's rather cool. sit on the bet subs bench or not play at all for six months. Or is it six months or a year? A year. He's out of contract in the, uh, next summer, but he can sign for a club abroad. Yeah, but hang on, he could not play football no, for a year, no. possibly. So he's, exactly. he's happy to sit on the bench or whatever for a year. 
What's, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not impressed with that at all. No, sorry. I'm not either. I'm not. And that's a really, really good point, and I'm not uh, impressed with that either. But sorry, Ryan, carry on. No, it's, it's, a, it's completely bizarre. We got rammed down our throats by the club itself, judge us at the end of the window. Well, we're judging now, and I'm not impressed. I, I was absolutely livid yesterday that the players, the outgoings were all loans. Not one bit, not one penny made. And it, most of them players we've, we've sent out one year left on their contract. So they're coming back, apart from Reese, and they'll be a free agent. We've got players like Colossal Nash, we can't even get rid of because he wants extortionate fees and he's agent again. And we're just like, okay, no problem. Now we've got, we're, we're, we're stuck with it. And it's, Where's his contract right now, right? Do you know? Where's his contract right now? Next summer. Next summer. Next summer. Another year. Yeah. Another year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then, <laughs> he sees he he can still go to Turkey because their uh, transfer deadline isn't until the seventh of September. Or much, right? if he doesn't get anything between now and then, then we'll end up contract uh, just cancelling his contract again. Right. You bet, I bet you, I bet you, he'll just get paid off to walk away. Be another one. Well, do they get the same money as they would have got if they stayed the year, or is it? a deal done, do you know? Well, it depends on the negotiations, mate. Mm. If, if he wants all his money and we're cancelling the contract, I'd rather yeah. put him in reserves for, for a year. Mm. Yeah. Because that's what's going about at the moment is that he wants the entirety of what he's owed. Yeah. Yeah. And why shouldn't that's he? To be reserves. fair to him. Why shouldn't he? Reserves. You know. Uh, he's not bloody good. That's we why. do this. We've done this. It's our mistake. You know, I was about to say that. Literally, it, all we're staying now is down to the club, not just the owner. Only because they hire the people and they're, they're throwing money down the drain. We've said this on my channel, Andrew. They, they're throwing money the way that and these people are meant to be businessmen that run the club and they're happy to hire these rookies or people that haven't got a clue what they're doing that are throwing their money away willingly to try and paper over cracks. I hope it, I hope it sticks to the wall, basically. And it hasn't happened, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's not right. Really, it's not good for business. I don't know if I'm talking to all, about all three of you. I definitely, I've worked with people. Some of them ain't got a clue about football, but mm. they'd have done the business much better than the yeah. Arsenal hierarchy. You've yeah. probably worked with yeah. people like that. Well, I no, the Arsenal hierarchy haven't got a clue about football, mate. So what's the difference? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, but they, but they should know what to do. They're paid yeah. to do a job. I know mm. people that have been outside football, probably not even kicked the ball, but looking at the business plan and what they wouldn't have done, most certainly, is keep making the same mistakes every year, which we seem to do. We don't learn by our mistakes. It's bad enough making mistakes, but at least learn from it. We don't do that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And the fact that we're saying we're seeing the same issues over and over and over again, but the people in charge, that's all the ones that hire these people, I continue to let it unfold. I continuing to just throw money down the toilet, basically, because for whatever reason they don't care. They don't see. They don't see the issue that we see. That's, no. that's and I'm sorry. That's concerning for a so-called businessman, in the, as the as the owner. If he can't see what we're seeing, I'm very I'm I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm very worried. It uh, remains to be seen whether. Josh would be spending a lot more time over here, like um, I think was initially the plan. Um, time will tell on that one. But do you know what? Sorry, sorry just to interrupt. No, no, please do. The one person I would question in that scenario then is Tim Lewis. Yeah. Because he, he's their eyes and ears on the ground. So if he's Absolutely. doing 
doing the auditing behind the scenes, then surely he's got to say, this isn't working and your hierarchy is wrong. So yeah. if, that, if that's not happening, I'm more concerned around what he's actually doing at Arsenal right now. I was delighted yeah. when he came in and within, what, was it three, four what? weeks, Raul was gone. I thought, fantastic. I thought, fan, bloody, ta about time that someone's going to actually do something about this. And then, have we heard of his name ever since? Nope. About anything whatsoever. Um, do you know what was interesting? It was his signature on the Super League documents. Was mm. it really? Mm. <laughs> oh, really? Didn't yeah. know that. Wow. Well, he's their representative, isn't he? Mm. So it would make sense. So. Yeah. He's the one that they hired. He's the trusted man um, who's supposed to be keeping their eyes and ears to the ground, like you said. So, you know what's quite funny, um, Andrew. Someone said to me a couple of days ago, have you noticed there was someone retired from the Arsenal, who's been with the Arsenal for a low, long, long time? And they thought, well, I said, well, so this is, well, I'm not too sure. Obviously, he knows what's going on. Perhaps he's not too happy. David Miles, who was a fantastic servant for this club, Absolute gentleman, knew his way around the place. Yeah, he, this is the, the time he just suddenly he might want to retire for the right reason, but I'm sure he must have been upset what he was watching going on mm. behind the scenes. Well, yeah, I mean, did everyone see um, what Sabinai put out to all the staff after the transfer window oh, yesterday? Thing, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, yeah, did you ever read through that? Well, it's all I heard was I got the, the, the couple of lines of basically. I'm paraphrasing, don't reach for the stars yet. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. If we could just, words to the effect of, if we could wave a magic wand to be up there with all the rest of them, we would, but yeah. it's going to take time. would make a lot of changes, mate. You'd be one of them. Well, yeah. did you see the, all the, uh, I think Chris Wheatley put it out on Twitter, the uh, interview with Granite Xhaka whilst he's away on international duty. Did you see What's that? Something I saw him saying he's yeah. lucky. He said that um, he was lucky to get the new contract, but it's okay. I've still got my health as well. The irony. <laughs> I'm stuck at basically. I'm stuck at Ar I'm stuck at Arsenal. I'm stuck at Arsenal, but it's okay. I've still got my health. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it beggars belief. And, that, and, and, uh, and again, that goes back to the uh, non-negotiables, the people that want to be here. He doesn't want to be here. But you just give him a nice. He, he, he shows he doesn't want to be. He's showing it again. I know, and, and he said that he's lucky to. He's lucky to, that he got the new contract. It, I, honestly, I mean, it, this is the sort of thing that I thought Tim Lewis was going to be coming up with uh, questions for these sort of sort of decisions. Yeah. Like we we we're, we want to be offering Granite Jacker a new contract. What he should be saying is, uh, hang on a second, is that actually a good idea? Why do we need to do that? He's got two years left already. Well, what about Richard Garlick? Yeah, Richard Garlick was supposed to be the again the contracts guy hmm. coming from the Premier League. No, why, is no, why is no one asking these questions? With Richard Garlick, he closes deals. That's what he's do, been doing at Arsenal. He's not, oh, right. not somebody that that initiates the talks. He closes. So he, does he close contract extensions as well? Yeah. You know, the same question. Same question then from me. Why would he do that? Why didn't he cope? Say to to Mikel Arteta, is this is this really necessary? Well, he's not oh, judging the football necessarily, is he, Richard Darling? He's not mm. not his job to judge the footballer. 
he just that judges it on a commercial business and i suppose he's thinking that we've got to play it out for four years costing us xyz not too bad he hasn't cost us any money to buy him we've you know just extended his contract you know i don't think he he, he could take, ever turn around to the manager and go is he really that good is he worth it i don't think he had that conversation don't know that's in his no. room yet. no I'm going to change the subject because it's getting uh, terribly uh, depressing. <laughs> we made a signing yesterday, and I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this guy, Tommy Asu. Um, we've probably all seen, you know, the clip videos by now. He looks a good player. From what I've read, from what I've heard on podcasts, he seems to be a much better bionic version of uh, Callum Chambers, the way he plays at right back. But uh, he's a bit taller. And what I am pleased about with regards to the signing is that when you do bring in someone that we spoke about earlier in Ben White, it's taken us normally years to actually support these new incoming big purchases as players with good players around them. Hmm. And if this guy can do what is being said that he can do with Tommy Asu, I'm delighted that we've actually brought in someone to play alongside Ben White and offer him that support. Um, so that is a good thing in my book. I mean, does anyone, you guys, have you have you seen or heard much about uh, Tommy, yeah. as he's called very much uh, in the past? I spoke to a good friend of mine. I don't know if you know him. You know Simon? There's a guy called Simon. Yeah. Really nice guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's been following for quite a bit. I spoke to him. He says, yeah, he is good. He's good. This guy's good. He's a, he's a big upgrade of what we got, which ain't a lot. So that, that, that is good for me. I'm happy with that. He's young. He looks quite strong in his appearance. He can play yeah. football. You know, and I think you're right what you're saying. Next to Ben White, it gives Ben White a bit more confidence. I mean, Ben White's come in the team. He's only played a two or three games. But I don't think he's played with the same centre-half, has he? Or the same right-back, has he? he must well, he's be, played he, one he, game. Apart from the pre-season friendly, he's played one game. Yeah, he's only played one game. I've seen him play yeah, one. Brentford. Yeah, Brentford and Newcastle. Well. Yeah, pre-season. Oh, that's what I mean. Apart from pre-season games where yeah, he's just stretching, well, stretching his I legs, he's, he's played one he competitive. Do, in his pocket, he's got all the names of all the Arsenal players because he doesn't know the defenders that he plays with. He must have them written down somewhere so he knows what he's doing. But no, I think that's good news. That's to have someone that can actually play in the rightful position at right back. And perhaps if he's a bit of a footballer, like Ben White is a footballer, then perhaps that could be very good news for us. Exactly, yeah. That, that's what I'm happy about, that we've actually got some players around him to support him a lot better. Because uh, if, he's, if he's just going to continuously play alongside different players every single week and chopping and changing, and also going from a back three to a back four to a back five every different every week, and he's, he's constantly being left exposed by what's in front of him as well as alongside him, then that's going to be really detrimental to what everyone... Uh, well, obviously the club, the results, and and what everyone thinks about him in the fan base, and it would be really unfair of him. So I, I've said this before. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of Pablo Mari, but I mean, he as well never gets a run in the same same back four or same back five from one week to the next. I mean, he's playing with different people and different supposed tactics every single week. He's being left exposed continuously. Um, and like I said, I'm not saying he's the answer or, or a fantastic defender or anything, but I do find it unfair when, because I've said it a hundred times, I do apologise, repeat myself, but I never change my mind on this. You need to have a settled defence. 
There's one area in the pitch you cannot keep chopping and changing is the defence. You need those relationships mm. more than anything there, I, I believe, anyway. Give us something positive then, Sam, about this uh, this window. I mean, what's uh, the, the best move for you as far as the club goes? Um, I, do you know um, what? I'm, to I'm torn between it being Erdegaard and Aaron Ramsdale, yeah. to be honest. Um, with my nerd guard, I think that he knits this team in transition. Yeah, he he's the one that completely brings the midfield and attack and links that all together. And I think also where he tends to drift to the right hand side, it helps Pepe a lot as well. Yeah, because you've got to think when Pepe is attacking, he's usually ganged up two, three players at a time. But if you've got Erdegaard moving into that space. Also, it's able to do, do the quick pass pass round the corner and he's gone. Yeah. But where Emil Smith-Rowe does the same, Emil tends to... He's more of somebody that will run with the ball to make space instead of the passes. Hmm. But also with Ramsdale, his ball, again, his ball-playing abilities will enable us to get out of a high press and get onto the counter attack very quickly, as we saw. Yeah. Sort of reading the Brent, uh, what was it? West Brom game, sorry. Yeah. Um, and he, he, with his passing, it just gives us another avenue from the back to start things quickly. Whereas Leno, he just hasn't got that ability to do that. Everything's too slow for him. Mm. I, I really like Ramsdale. And I was at that West Brom game and I felt really comfortable with him. He looked so comfortable. I mean, it was West Brom. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know it wasn't the biggest test in the world. But he just commands the area a lot better. He was really vocal. He was constantly pointing at the defenders, constantly shouting, telling them what you know, what's what, what's behind them, what to do. His passing was really accurate all the time. I was really happy with him. And the, the fans gave him a great reception, which I was really, really pleased about. And to top it all off, he's a fantastic bloke, isn't he? <laughs> he's just a great bloke. Yeah. So I really hope it works out for him. I really, really do. I'm quite mm. confident in that, actually. But yeah, and I'll come back onto Erdegaard later. I think it's a great bit of business. What about you, Melvin? What's the positive for you? I mean, Ramsdale is a positive. If he's going to play, I would have been very happy to have signed Ramsdale and got rid of Leno. I really mean that. Because there's no point having a a goalkeeper like Ramsdale sitting on a bench for 12 months. I'm sure he'll get the odd game here and there. But I want to play the same goalkeeper every week if we can, because we haven't got Europe, so we can afford to do that. Well, I think that was a positive sign in him. I think the right back, as I say, could be a very good positive. I'm very happy about Lacondo, is it? This midfielder? Lacondo, yeah. Lacondo. He, he looks absolutely terrific. He does look really, really good. Is he ready? He probably is. In a very good team, he'd fit straight in. But there's a bill. If you put him in the team now, there might be a little bit too much pressure on him. And I think yeah. that going forward six months, like Sam said, he could make his way into the team and have Partey playing deeper. I think that could work. Because I don't think he's necessarily a midfield, a defensive midfield player. Partey is more of a defensive midfielder, or could be, than he. So I think that's a very good signing. The left back Tavares, not sure about him defensively. Going forward, he looks good. He's more of a wing back than a full back, in my opinion. So, but but I tell you something, there's a possibility there that he could actually become something. Uh, who else did we buy? Ben White, the state. He, people 
thrall about him. I, I, I would have, you know, I'm a bit picky sometimes. I would have, you know, he could be a very good player going, you know, and bring us forward. I preferred someone next to him, like a type of funnel enough funk, a big solid strap in centre half of heads and kicks everything, whether it's moving or not. But they ain't to be, you know, we can't have Mari next to him because Mari, to me, is too weak. You know, just a shame we haven't got like a really young, promising centre back, you know, real big strapping lad who's great on the ball, can bring the ball out alongside him. In well, the France yeah, national Gabriel team, maybe. Shame, isn't it, really? No, Gabriel mm. might be the answer. I think he could be the answer because he's, he was unlucky. He got, did he get a bit of COVID last year? Back into last year, yeah. Yeah, okay. he did, yeah. He started off like a train. He looked terrific. He got an injury. He even got sent off in a game. Then he had the COVID. He had a few things went against him, but you can see in there as a proper footballer, a proper tough centre-half. So him and White could work as well. And I hope that if those three work, you might, and I hope we will, we probably will, see the return of former Tierney, because he has gone downhill, in my opinion. He, he's getting the Arsenal yips, isn't he? I think they're yeah. rubbing off on him at the moment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just a... Yeah. Anyway, what about you, Ryan? What's your positive? Uh, mainly the Congo. I didn't think I'll say it at first, because obviously we didn't know what to expect of him. We didn't I was hoping we don't, we don't do what we did with Gunduzi. And when Gunduzi came in, he had a good pre season and then we just threw him at the deep end. But you know what? From what I've seen of him, live as well, like literally in the stadium, I'm actually impressed. He's actually better than Jacka or on any combined. He's that. I know, it's, I know it's, you can say a bit extreme to say, but he is that good on the ball. He's that comfortable. He's only, he's only going to get like, better yeah. playing alongside Partey as well, by the way. Yeah. That'd be the. That, and, with the four midfielders we've got, Lukonga, from what I'm seeing, Lukonga and Bardi would be the perfect pivot. Yeah. I mean, you look, you see how much improved Granite Jacker is and Del Nini playing alongside Thomas Partey. Mm. He just seems to raise their standards, doesn't he? I mean, and can you imagine as a young player like Lukonga playing alongside him week in, week out, if he gets a proper run in the team and how much you'll learn? from playing alongside Thomas Partey, mm. he's going to improve dramatically. In regards to Tavares, he should be an absolute proper coach's dream to have. Mm. Can you imagine being a coach and having someone like Tavares come along to coach? Uh, he's full of enthusiasm, energy. He's big, strong, tricky. He's got pace. Isn't he as well? Very confident going forward. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely... Uh, can you get anyone more coachable? Than him, I was, yeah. I was watching him the other week. That, um, he came on for Tierney against Chelsea, and he came on. And he, instead, instead of actually running and then passing back or just whipping the ball and hoping, he gets he gets where he runs to the byline and tries to cut it in and tries to yeah. cause a bit stretch of defence. Again, again, we don't see that. Ain't seen him for a long time from my players. I couldn't, I couldn't help but keep my eyes on him from nearly the whole match against West Brom. Mm. I, I loved that performance against West Brom, and he, again, you know. With the caveat that it was just to get the West Brom youth team, but I love the way he played football. He's he's not ready for week in week out Premier League football, obviously, but he is something someone I'm actually really quite excited about the future. And I just hope that um, whether it's Arteta or someone else, depending on what happens throughout the season, I hope that he can be coached properly and he could be a real player as well, as far as I'm concerned. But I think I agree. 
Lekonga is is probably one of the standouts, but for me, the signing of the summer is without question Martin Odegaard, and I totally agree with everything you said, Sam. I think he's the oil in the engine. I said he's not just the oil in the engine, he's the proper Castrol GTX <laughs> oil in our engine who links everything up. And people just ram stats down your throat saying, oh, he only did so many assists, he only did so many goals last season. Just haven't got a clue about football. Because if you think it's only being creative, if you score or, or get an assist, then you don't, you don't know anything about football. Because mm. what about all the passes in, you know, leading up to the assist? Um, is that not creating? Is that not creative mm. play? You know, I think he could be really transformational to us. Now that he's actually here full-time, permanent as well, he's going to be mm. settled in his own mind. He's got a home. He's got a home where he's wanted. He's got a home where he's going to play week in, week out in the top league in Europe. He's got a lot to prove. And I think he's, we're going to see the best of him and he's going to get better and better every week. And God knows how good he could be in the future um, when he considering he's only 22 years old. Mm. So yeah, I'm absolutely delighted with that one. And, and the fact we only got him for 30 million, yeah, I think it's going to prove to be one of the bargains of uh, the last few years, to be perfectly honest. So, what are your thoughts then, moving forward, in regarding? I'll come. I'm going to come back onto the our, uh, our scores for the window in, in, in a little while, just before we sort of finish up. But moving forward, in an ideal world, because we should have a hopefully, fingers crossed, after the uh, international break, a full bill of health, really regards to the, the main burst teamers coming back. What would you have as a lineup, Sam, going up into the into the Norwich game? Because of bearing in mind all our new signings, etc., and whether you think they're going to be able to fit, you know, settle in, like whether Tommy is going to fit, you know, be ready to start, for example. But uh, how do you see us lining up now? Well, I suppose you've got to go full strength, haven't you? So I'd be going Aaron Ramsdale in goal, uh, Tommy Asu as right back, um, Ben White and Gabriel in the middle, um, Tierney, Tierney left back, Lukonga and Partey as the as the pivots, either uh, Pepe or Saka on, on the right wing, Erdgaard in the middle, Smith Rowe on the left wing and Aubameyang up front. I think that, that is our strongest, strongest 11. And I think for for the games moving forward it has to be that i i'm sorry but i can't have lacazette being in as the number one in the game out in the left. no it doesn't work does it and uh, i mean this is a great opportunity for laconga as well he's got to grab it uh with Xhaka mm. being out now for three games he's got to take that that mantle what about me do you agree with that for me Sorry. Yeah. 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 I agree with everything Sam said. I can't really disagree with any of those positions. It sounds a very, on paper, that sounds a very, very strong team. With everyone mm. fit, that is a team that I'd be very, very happy with. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, mm. any any differences to you? No, not, no, not at all. Like I said, can't, we can't have a Bamiang on the left and like I said, in the middle. It's got to be one or the other. Never one has to come off the bench. And I'd rather have a Bamiang because of the base he has. And where's this guy from there? And if he doesn't work, you've got the option of Lacazette coming off a bit of fresh legs and things like that. Because you never yeah. know an injury or something could fall out. And then what? If you've got, if you've got yeah. nothing on the bench to offer. Exactly. And how long do you think he's got, Sam, Arteta, if things go, if things just don't improve? 
because you've just named and everyone agreed a really strong side and that is I'm not, I don't care what anyone says that's at least the top six side for me yeah mm. yeah so there are no excuses are there uh, I mean what, where do you stand with Arteta now and if, if things don't improve I mean um, he's, he's got until when I I still back him to get this right with his strongest eleven. After the the thing, the thing for me that's making me doubt him a bit is his man management and the whole debacle around Ainsley Maitland Niles. That was a big, big, big negative against him. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of if we're going to look at this just playing wise. If we don't get something, uh, anything but a win against Norwich, then I'm sorry, it's it's terror. Yeah, I know. I, I just can't. I agree, and I I just don't know whether anything would happen until at least the second international break, personally. And unless we get, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But I agree, and it's not worth going round. Uh, with anyone else's thoughts on that, I think you're probably, I'm pretty sure we all concur that things have just got to change mm. and have got to change really positively starting at Norwich um, in a couple of weeks' time. So, I'm going to start with you now, Melvin, about yeah. your overall score based on the old school scoring. A, a, score, a, to, a to F <laughs> on the, your overall score for the right. uh, transfer window. I'm giving and them... Bearing in mind, it's the ins and outs. Yeah, I will. That's why I'm doing it on speed. I think we've okay. got some good signings, but we've, we've backed selling the rubbish. I'm quite uh, quite impressed with that, Melvin, to be fair. I think that's quite a generous... I think you must... Did someone bring you an apple or something this morning, sir? <laughs> 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 that's all right, actually. That's all right. What about you, Melvin? Uh, I'm Brian, sorry. I beg your pardon. Brian? Sorry, no. It would be higher, but based on the outgoings, as we discussed before, nothing more than a D. Just based on the outgoings, most of them being loans, well, all of them, bar will it being loans? And it could make, we could have got again. We said in the last four months we could have made money for him. Yeah, 20, over hundred mil we we could have got. We've thrown it. We've not done that. We just loaned them out now. And most of them got a year left on their contract. Yeah, well. I'm going to be. I'm actually quite shocked because I'm actually going to be a little bit lower than Melbourne. I'm going C minus, and that is purely down to the lack of sales as well. And I think that um, I'm, I'm actually one of the very, very few that's. I would have scored probably a, maybe a B for all the income, all the incomings. I'm really, really pleased with pretty much all of them. Really, uh, I love the way that it's going. It's really really positive i probably would have dipped down to a d overall like you ryan however i'm going c minus because of willian going that's made that really cheered me up <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest it just, it, it just needs into a c minus just because of that on its own so what about you sam uh yeah i'd have to agree in regards to c minus um i think the players coming in really give us something extra in the squad but it's we've done well. We could have done more, and it's the outgoings are the ones that that have really put the dampener on this window. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
same same I can't disagree with any of that really out I want to go on to one sort of last topic before we sort of start wrapping up wrapping things up and that's Ainsley Maitland-Niles I uh, God I mean where'd you start really with what's happened with him I think it goes into what you were saying about the man management side of things Sam um that tweet he put out, well, it's not a tweet, on, on Instagram, he put out that post saying that he just wants to play football, wants to go somewhere where he's wanted. It was so unprofessional, it was unbelievable. But I, and I don't condone that at all. I think it's ridiculous. It's really, really poor. Apparently, he's been basically shot out into space uh, for doing that, and he's training on his own. I can see his frustration though in some ways not it doesn't mean that what he did was right but i can see his frustration and why hasn't anyone because he actually put a message out in summer didn't he as well uh sorry uh was it last last season or was it in the january i can't remember saying he just wants to i know it's earlier it's earlier in the summer it was earlier this summer saying he just wants to have a meeting with Mikel arteta and see what where he stands because he just wants to play football I mean, it just reeks that he's not had a conversation at all with anyone mm. about this. I mean, Ryan, where do you? I mean, what's your thoughts on on this whole situation? Because it really frustrates me. Because he is a player we could really use. I mean, he could be a yeah. better midfield option on the bench than El Nenny, for example. Mm. He could be well, best, the best sort of substitute right back or right wing back as well. Mm. well I want to use him that. if we're going to keep him. We also played on left, the left, uh, left wing back, left back in the FA Cup run, where you've got yeah. first come in as well. So the versatility's there, and it's, it's it's a shambles from, from both sides. Man management for Marta and how he's handled the situation from day one, going back to literally last year with the whole the uh, Wolves uh, twenty-five million pound bid. It looks like it's going there, and the last minute he says, "No, you're stuck. I want you to stay. I'm going to give you game time." And then never played him until like near back end of the Europa League, and then never played him again. And then, and then was hoping that he would stay because I was listening to Sam Allardyce last night and he said that Eddie and Arteta didn't want him to go to West Brom or go in general it was the willingness as you say of Ainsley wanting to play football in his preferred position as well at central midfield that forced that deal to happen in the end to get his way and again we're seeing He's saying, oh, I want to sit down with Arteta at some point pre-season to see why that, see where the, the cards land, basically, and where I stand, basically. Do I have a chance to or not? If, if, if not, I need to find a new club. Mm. And they never had, it seems they never had that until they literally, over the week, at some point over the weekend after Saturday's game, and from, his, from what he's been put out, professional or unprofessional, from what he's put out, he's, he's basically put out there that he's, he's not first team, he's going to be a squad player, and he's not going to get games at once not he's not really that wanted by Arteta or whatever but he's got to stay he's no matter what yeah. he's staying and he's like well you've got you got to remember as well because of the World Cup is like uh, November to December like December was it December next year so yeah. you've got, got a year and a half now to the next World Cup and he's thinking in his head now I want to be part of that squad because I'll see what happened in New York he wants to be guard and hopefully mm. push it for the next push up England over that line I can't blame him for that wanting to play because that's, that's a good thing. What was I about Eddie earlier? What does that say about Eddie? About obviously him, he's what I sit in the fan for the next nine months or whatever. 
mm. until ne this season, next season comes along and a new club takes him and maybe maybe play then. At least he's saying, no, no, I want to play now. Well, not just a game here and there. I want to play literally week in, week out. And, and he's even saying now, if you want to play, want to play at right back, I'll play at right back. I'll play anywhere mm. you want. It's, I know. It's mad. It's. I mean, Sam, A, is it another wasting... A wasted career that we're you know down to Arsenal really with the severe mismanagement but also I don't blame them from turning down that offer from Everton because it's basically asking for a free transfer because his contract runs out in two years time and they wanted a two-year loan two with an option I mean, what's, the, what's the point in the option at the <laughs> end the option? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's point I mean that's ridiculous might, that's basically saying can we have Ainsley make the Niles for free please for the next two years mm. apart from his wages so I don't blame us for turning turning that deal down but again surely it's down to Edu again for not marketing this kid because he's a good player he's an yeah. England international and since then mm. he's, we're wasting his career we're just mismanaging in left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah I, th I think there's, like Ryan said, I think there's blame on both sides, to be honest, because mm. from the club club's perspective, you'd think, okay, if he want, truly wants to go somewhere and play, then I think that his agent can probably play a bigger role in what he did, because he's mm. in the year going, because if you remember, he's changed his agency to AD Ward's, yeah, his agent now. He done the same with Oxley Chamberlain. He's done the same with numerous other other people to say, okay, put these types of tweets out, Instagram um, things out, to try and force force moves. Yeah. So in that aspect, the club knew what they were kind of getting into. the The offer from Everton was, as you say, it, again, it, it's derisory because if it was two years and an obligation. Fair enough, you can argue that and say, okay, that's, yeah. that's acceptable. But from a club's perspective as well, you've got to think that you can't be seen to be steamrolled in these types of deals. Yeah. But from the player's point of view and with Arteta, I, I'm just very confused around what's going to happen now because essentially he's fifth choice in midfield. He's now third, third or fourth choice. At right back, yeah. Third choice in left back. So unless he outperforms himself in training, I'm I'm really struggling to see where his minutes are going to come from. Well, he's training on his own as well. Now. Apparently, he's back in, in back into the fold now. So it's a oh, temporary really? temporary day. Oh, right. So it's sent to the corner for to sit on the stairs for one one day. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So unless. My friend Ryan on the podcast, um, he, he raised a good point, actually. And Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Partey pivot could work yeah, very well. I, I said that before, yeah. But then it's... How, how is he ousting Xhaka and how is he ousting Lukonga? Because from a club, again, from a club point of view, it won't look very good to say, OK, he's kicked up a bus in, in the summer window. Now he's instantly into the first team. Again, it's he needs to perform on the training ground. See, this is another player that should be, it should be an absolute dream to coach again. He's still a really young player. He could, if he wanted to be, be one of the best right-backs in the league, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Conversely, I also said uh, 
he could also be trained into becoming an, an exceptional defensive midfielder because of his side size, his build, his athletic ability. He should be an absolute dream to have in your squad. It just doesn't seem to be showing that he's got a clue how to use him, which is really, really, really strange. He just doesn't seem to use players to their strengths or... And from when he came in and he seemed to improve players' performances quite quickly, Arteta, it seems to be going the opposite direction now. Players seem to be regressing over the last season and, and so far this season. They're showing, I mean, especially Tierney. I'm quite worried about Tierney's form. He's regressed. I mean, I love Tierney. I will never say a bad word against him. He's got a great attitude. I love the kid, but he is not playing well. I mean, there's some strange stuff going on right in front of our eyes at the moment. What's your thoughts, Melvin, on all this? Well, on Anthony Maitland-Niles, I think that there are two parts to this, both to blame. First of all, you can't have a youngster, and he was a youngster a couple of years ago, dictating where, where he wants to play. You know, you come through the ranks, you get picked, you play in that position. So I think that was poor. You can't dictate to the Arsenal where you want to play. You might give it a clue, but you don't publicly say that. That's number one. Number two is the new training ground hasn't got any doors on it because I thought when players were upset, they used to knock on the manager's door. You're trying to tell me the last two or three months you haven't had a chance to have a word with Arteta, knock on the door, pull him aside at training, say, boss, I think we need to have a word. This is a situation. And then afternoon's off anyway, the other players. I'm sure he knows his number. So all this about doing all this to make it public, to put it on the social media and all that, that's poor crap and honestly making miles in my opinion. And then again, flip it on its side, you've got we we're weak in midfield. The geezer can play in midfield. He is a proper football. He's got he's got everything going for him. He's strong, he's fast, he's got confidence, he can go past people with the ball, but there's a butt coming. He doesn't, in my opinion, do it with his heart. He seems to be lacking sometimes. He he, he makes mistakes. You think, what's he done that? He loses concentration. If he was really gave the impression that he was up for it, really wanted it, he seems too laid back, in my opinion. He could be one hell of a player. You can't teach that. You either want it or you don't want it. And I don't think he actually wants it as much as people think he does. I've had that feeling, yeah. And I, I... I've been wondering whether he's definitely, well, he's, I think it's almost certain, he's one of these players that, that loves to be loved, wants an arm around his shoulder, he wants to feel wanted. Um, and you can't always get that. You know, you, you really need to have a certain side to you to be uh, an elite professional. You have to have that burning desire in you. Like, you know, look at Cristiano Ronaldo, still out doing everyone with crunches, stomach crunches after mm. training every day at the age of 36. You know, what kind of... I mean, people are questioning Man United buying him again at, the age, at his age and so on and so forth. But that, that's what you get out of him. He will bring that rest, rest of that squad up to a certain level and he won't he won't accept anything less. He's like another manager coming in. He, he shows you how you should be training, how you should be living. He's gonna, though, he? Yeah, he's going to carry on playing till he's 40, this this guy. But he's got the elite mentality. I think someone like Martinelli shows straight away he's got that elite mentality. He won't stop. Yeah, he's, gone he's gone backwards. He hasn't had a chance, though, 
Melvin, to play week in, week out. Is he? He's one of backwards. He's, he worries me. That he's got a little bit of time, and I haven't seen. I mean, I haven't seen the master we saw a year or so ago, a year or two ago. I think he's absolutely fantastic. He was my great hope going forward. Yeah, I've got no doubt he will be. No doubt he will be. He, if you're going on the the game against Chelsea, um, then how many times did he get past to Melvin? You know, how many times did the ball go straight to Lukaku? I said this on one of the podcasts. How, you lost count of the amount of direct balls that went straight into Lukaku. You've rewatched the game and just try and count how many times. We tried, even attempted to pass the ball straight to Martinelli, who was playing up front that day. He got no passes whatsoever. Yeah, well, he but, had two in as well. I do agree. They had one utterly ridiculous. Out. Yeah, it, he's, he wasn't getting any service no. whatsoever. And the kid's got the mentality to reach the top. And if we can use him right, then there's no end to what that, that kid can, uh, that levels that kid can reach. But I think we've just about hit the hour mark. I'm going to call it a day there because I'm struggling with a bit of a really bad cold today. So I'm going to, I keep, wow. having to mute, keep having to mute myself to blow me nose. So we're not going to put anyone through that anymore. So, but it's been a real pleasure to have you on, Sam. Where can people find you? And just, just give a shout out to your, your channel and your, obviously the, the website, the blog as well. Yeah, no, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Daily Gooner Sam. Um, there's also Daily Gooner Raf and Daily Gooner Ryan. As well as the podcast account, which is Daily Guna Pod, and then for our website, it's the Daily Daily Guna Pod. Yeah, the DailyGuna.com. Fantastic, and thank you very much for letting me uh, put the odd article on there as well. It's really appreciated. I uh, do enjoy doing that. I have another one coming out very shortly, and uh, if you'll allow me to put that one up as well, absolutely. Melvin, thank you for coming back on, mate. Been a pleasure. Thanks for the invite. Sorry, I'm a little more cheerful. <laughs> cheerful <laughs> but I will be, I'm sure I will be one day. Just for the uh, benefit <laughs> of the uh, audio listeners on the audio platforms, where can people find you, mate? Uh, for the audio uh, audience, I'm very yeah. good looking. Right. Um, <laughs> find me on Melvin. The only way is Arsenal Marks on Twitter. I'm on this channel. Thank you, Andrew. I'm on Ryan's channel. And I'm also on um, Richard's channel over and over again. And I enjoy all three of them equally. You're Thank a you. podcast whore, aren't you, Melvin? Absolutely. I am. <laughs> it's always good to watch you. And Ryan, thank you for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure. Um, where can people find you if you don't know already? No, well, thank you. obviously, thanks for the invite. As well. I've actually enjoyed doing this tonight and considering the circumstances. Yeah, again, be more. We'd be nice to be more positive, but the club ain't helping us in that side of things. So it is what it is. And but yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Mister Arsenal eighty nine. I've got a Facebook uh, group and page dedicated to the YouTube channel, the Mister Arsenal podcast. Come over and give them a like and a follow, and obviously subscribe to the channel as well. And also, you can catch the audio of the podcast, two podcasts a week normally, over on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. Can you uh, give a shout out to what's happening on Sunday as well? Because it's for a really good cause, Ryan, for a friend over in America, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, no, basically what it is, uh, about a year ago, during the, pan, during the first lockdown, well, I'll be our first lockdown, a friend of ours, as he said, Tony had um, 
and the infection is there to a point where it was un unsavable and lose his leg basically and he had to get he, he now needs a prosthetic leg he's been trying to raise funds to to have a full translated leg and he hasn't been able to do it yet so for again showing the good side of the good side of the guna the guna's community and all that we come together for guna and trying to raise try and get, get him over that the, what he needs basically and more and at the same time have a bit of a laugh we're doing some quizzes but obviously Narva's got a segment as well but it's going to be a 24-hour stream over on my channel as well starting from 7 p.m uk time all the way till 7 p.m monday night so i'm going to be shattered by the way but it's worth it if as long, as you're long, you're as long, long, hours though are you ryan i'm doing the, I've got to the whole thing it's my channel i've got to the whole thing it's my channel i ain't got any subs oh dear 24 well, at the moment, I haven't. At the moment, I'm look. look I've got what it states. Wednesday, I've got, I've got a few. I've got yeah. two, three days to sort it all out. So, but segments are sort of sorting out, as you know. Wow. Exactly. Well, if please, if anyone can get involved, even if you can drop in just for half an hour, um, have some chat, have a bit, have a few laughs, and most importantly, help raise some funds for for Tony to get his mm. prosthetic leg um, and really try and help him with his life that'll be amazing so please mm. from seven o'clock sunday um join in the, the the 24 hour show because it's for a really good cause and he's a really good bloke and everything everything you you can do will be really helpful even if it's just retweeting and getting the word out there for us mm. so yeah once again thank you to everyone been a pleasure and as always <laughs> Bloody hell, at least I had a decent. Could have waited just for a 30 more second. I couldn't, I couldn't. I tried. I've been waiting for 15 minutes. Once again, come on, you go. Thank you. Come on. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel, and whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, unbelievable, we didn't expect that. Arsene Wenger's Freedom on Army.